0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. It is Tuesday of Super Bowl week, which means we'll have a new Spread the Word winner on Friday at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Sponsor confirmation email winner as well. Take advantage of any of our awesome sponsors like 100 Flowers as well as Simply Safe today, and of course, DraftKings. And then we'll have the YouTube shout-out. Just subscribe to the new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and go ahead, comment on any of the videos, and you might win a cameo-style shout-out. I give out one a week. People tend to really like them. just a video for me shouting out you or whoever you want me to. It's pretty cool. Almost as cool as today's guest on The Big Show. The Big Show. You know, it's not often that you can say that you get a chance to talk to a guy that twice had the opportunity to run NFL franchises, but that is exactly the case with my buddy today, Mike Tannenbaum, at Real Tannenbaum on Twitter. He's got a lot going on. You see him on ESPN, He's got the 33rd team, which is very cool. We'll get into that as we move along. Uh, but, Mike, first start, happy Super Bowl week. Good morning.
1: Gross, great to be with you. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm an avid listener, so it's great to come behind the scenes and see how the uh, sausage is made
0: here. Nice, nice. You know, I just thought of it, Mike. There really aren't that many guys that had the opportunity to run two different franchises. Like, obviously – with the jets for a long time and i don't know how long you were with the dolphins but it is kind of cool like it is rare right for guys to get sort of two bites at the apple so to speak
1: yeah uh unbelievably fortunate i was always surrounded by great people that made me better and we'll get to the thirty third team, which i kind of feel that's what i have now um and both experiences were fulfilling you know most recently with miami you know we went to the playoffs for the first time under steve ross and um I work with a lot of great people and if Ryan Tannehill had stayed healthy, maybe the result could have been different, Um, but really enjoyed my four years there. And then obviously 16 with the Jets, you know, I grew up there. I'm from the Northeast, met my wife. She's from Philly and um, we had a great experience and, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be the GM there as well. So I always believed, you know, uh, choose a job you love, you never work a day in your life. And I've been incredibly fortunate.
0: Mike, can I give you some advice for the next one? (laughs) Sure. <laughs> don't go in the same division as the greatest quarterback of all time and arguably the greatest coach of all time. Maybe try a different division next time.
1: <laughs> you know, somebody said, like, I've been asked that over the years, Ross, about, like, any messages for Tom Brady, and it was a very simple one, Ross, which was like, hey, i got to
0: educate my kids too now. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. it's It's funny, man, because – You know, it's interesting, Mike. Like, I don't know. I'd love to poll Jets and Dolphins fans to get their thoughts on you and your tenure there or whatever, right? But I always say every front office executive has a batting average, right? And you you hit on some, you miss on some others. But if you actually go through and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. I would say this on any of my shows. Like... In the history of the New York Jets, right, what was it? Uh, was it three straight AFC Championship games or back-to-back years where you yeah. won multiple play- – what was it? Back-to-back. Back-to-back AFC Championship games. I mean, they in 40, 50 years, they've never done that. You know what I mean? Like, And then even the Dolphins, you mentioned Tannehill, the injury. You did get to the playoffs that one year. I might have done that game when you guys had Matt Moore or whatever – in yeah. Pittsburgh. But I just don't think it's so funny because it's like we live in this world where you either won the Super Bowl and you're great or you were a failure and you stink. And that's just not reality. Like anybody that's actually ever been in it realizes that's not reality at all. And that if you did a listing, right, of the 100 NFL GMs over the last 20 years I think you would actually I think you would rank pretty favorably Mike if I went through and did my rankings
1: well I appreciate it and, and to me it's always about the process like again most recently with Miami we, we collectively collected a lot of really good players from or you know Ryan Tannehill was there but you know we extended him Laramie Tunsil Minka Fitzpatrick Xavier Howard I mean we had a lot of really good young players um, and I think sometimes like that narrative because it was interesting when I first got to Miami, there was such a, Ryan Tanner was this lightning rod. Like everybody had a strong feeling about him. And I was there for about 10 minutes. I'm like, this is our guy. We got to extend him. He He's a really good player. Um, and he did a lot of great things in Miami. Like when you actually look at it objectively, and then obviously what he's done in Tennessee, I'm very happy for him. But foundationally, I, I thought there were a lot more good pieces there. And again, that was the work of a lot of people in the building. And I've always felt like that was an organization that was somewhat underrated. And I think, you know Brian Flores. If you look at what he did this year, uh, for them to win ten games, obviously um, they that foundation has been added to. And um, the big question now is, you know, for years we talked about, hey, is Tom Brady at the king of the? Obviously, he's at the king of the division, the top of the mountain. You know, has Josh Allen quickly gotten there? And you know, based on one year, you would say it's certainly trending that way. And then as it relates to the Jets, you know, when you're in one place for sixteen years, you know, we could spend the next thirty minutes just talking about going back to Bill Parcells and Bill Pelichick, the two guys that hired me. And I spent five years with Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards went to the playoffs three out of five years. You know, people forget about that. And then, obviously, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, just so many people that, you know, that's really like where I grew up. And uh, to be one place that long was really special.
0: Yeah, and by the way, Mike, it's so funny because I did not bring you on to ask you about any of that stuff. Like, I'm looking at my notes and I've got, Stafford trade, Deshaun Watson, dead cap money. But I don't know. I just – I see you and I think about it. And it's funny because I I guess we'll get into the Stafford trade, but I want to get into Deshaun Watson trade potential because I actually think your former teams, the Jets and Dolphins, might be the most likely teams to actually trade for him. But first, I want to get your reaction to the Stafford trade. You know, you were not afraid, Mike. Uh, You took big swings – Uh, You were not risk-averse. You know, you were willing to make big, bold moves, which this certainly is really for both teams, but I think especially for the L.A. Rams.
1: Yeah, and it really goes back to what you said earlier. Like, I always felt like we, you know, we couldn't win a title with Chad Pennington competing against Tom Brady. So that's after Brett Favre. I think you have to take big swings when you're in a situation where, hey, how are we going to get to where we want to go when we're competing against Tom Brady? And... I think Sean McVay is a really good coach, and this is not his finest hour. And I think it's a part of the story, candidly, Ross, that hasn't been talked enough about, which is this. When Sean McVay got there, it was clear that he impacted Jared Goff. In September of 2019, that organization gives Jared Goff a record contract, a record guarantee. And you don't do that without the head coach and the owner being on the same page. And then a year and a half later, somehow John Wolford, starting a playoff game and then you trade them and your third highest cap charge for the 2021 season is Jared Goff's dead money. And look again, I, I want to be clear. I think Sean Faye's a really good coach, but this is not his finest hour. Like how as a coach, can you not fix what a year and a half ago you said clearly, like we could go win a title with. So that was a surprise and a disappointment to me. And then the other thing is they deserve a ton of credit. Their top five players are as good as anybody's Donald Ramsey, but, Ross, when you look at roster construction, Josh Johnson, Troy Hill, Leonard Floyd, how many of those guys can they actually afford to bring back in free agency? And they are paper thin. And I think it's a very, very risky way of building a team to go eight years without a first-round pick.
0: You know, uh, you're 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 preaching to the choir on a bunch of these things. Evidently, Mike, you didn't get the memo. Okay. When the Rams do well or the offense does well, it's because Sean McVay is a genius. When they struggle at all, it's because Jared Goff sucks. But your point is well taken. Like, he just took him to the Super Bowl in 18. They gave him that contract September of 19. And so, I guess people want to blame it all on Goff, but on some level his regression this year can't be all on golf, right? Like on some level, if McVay gets all the credit for building golf up, he needs to get some of the blame for, for golf. I don't want to say tearing him down, but for golf coming down. So Ross, let's take people
1: behind the curtain. If you and I were the head coach of the Rams and Sean McVeigh was the offensive coordinator, we would have a very clear, simple, and quick conversation, which is Sean, we're going to evaluate you by Jared Goff's performance. So Rex Ryan always had a great expression like, go make Jared Goff work or die trying. And I feel like they just kind of pulled the plug because it was, look, again, I would say it's somewhat opportunistic to go get Matt Stafford, but I am hard pressed that a 33 year old Matt Stafford is dramatically better than Jared Goff. Matt Stafford's 0 for 3 in the playoffs, he's had a lot of injuries. And, you know, we're going to get into the Super Bowl here in a minute, but if Patrick Mahomes wins on Sunday, to me, in sports, Ross, the definition of greatness is how you elevate people around you. And they're out there with five backup offensive linemen. And, again, we'll get in that in a minute. I know that. But, to me, if Matt Stafford was great, at some point you go win a playoff game because you're so good, and he hasn't been able to do that. So I I just don't know if giving up an additional two first-round picks and a third-round pick – you're going to be significantly better with Stafford over Goff. So
0: here's the question I think needs to be asked. Here's my philosophy, and I tweeted this yesterday, Mike. I believe that the Rams know that they'll only have two Defensive Player of the Year candidates in Jalen Rams and Aaron Donald, I don't know, two or three more years. Like, guys are Defensive Player of the Year candidates for 12 years, right? Like, it, you know, they just it's hard to do that. So I think they have two or three years left where those guys are top five players. And here's where I want your expertise to come in. I am of the mindset that winning the hearts and minds and wallets of any football fans in Los Angeles is a big part of this. Like the time is now they need to be relevant. Now they need to be interesting. Now they need to win. Now they need butts in seats in the new stadium. Now and also now is when they have Ramsey and Donald in their prime. I personally believe I have no inside information, but they made a decision organizationally to say, we're going to go all in the next two or three years for football and business reasons. And if we have a day of reckoning in 2023 or 2024 with the cap and the lack of picks, so be it. We'll worry about that later.
1: Well, they just won a playoff game, didn't they? Just beat Seattle in the playoffs. Like, isn't that relevant? I, you know, like, I don't know. I, that 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 I, I struggle with that. I I really do because you got you got the number one pick in the draft from four years ago under contract. Like, isn't that being relevant? So that's why I struggle with that whole decision to make the trade, Ross.
0: All right, let's get to Deshaun Watson, and I got to ask you this: Your gut, uh, you think he stays or goes? I think he goes, I think the most interesting part of this conversation, Ross, is this.
1: Let's go to John Gruden when he gets to the Raiders with Khalil Mack. Let's go to Doug Barone sitting in there saying, I know we're going to be able to hold on to Jalen Ramsey. Let's go to Adam Gase and Joe Douglas saying, we got Jamal Adams, he's going to be here. Like, those are all situations where you got great young players under contract. It will What Like, they were all in a little bit different contractual situation, but they're all in your building. Mac and the Raiders, Ramsey and Jacksonville, Adams in New York. And at some point Ross, there's this inflection point of okay, <coughs> we got to trade him. And to me, what happens if Deshaun Watson shows up, Ross, and has a bad back? Backs are really hard to prove. You know, he he could have a strained back, and now all of a sudden, like you're David Cully and you're Nick Casario, and every single day every question is about Where's Deshaun? Is he going to play? Is his injury? Like, it becomes such a mess and such a distraction that at some point you say, hey, we got to move on. So my point, which is, I think, the most interesting part of this is, when does that inflection point happen? When do they wake up and say, you know what? We can't keep this player anymore. Like, Deshaun Watson has to go. And if they get to that point sooner than later, then this is when they can maximize their value. But I think what's going to happen is I think they think He's going to stay, and I think it's going to get really, really messy.
0: Wow, that's interesting. I I believe when I saw John McClain tweet, you know, two ones, two twos, two defensive starters start with the Jets, I guess my instinct, Mike, was he wouldn't be tweeting that if there was no chance that they would trade him. I feel like they're going to do everything they can to change his mind between now and March 13th. But if it comes to then and they they can – Tell he's dug in. My my guess is he gets traded between March thirteenth and the draft. Because I don't think they want to try to go down the training camp route and finding him and all that stuff. I I just don't think that that's I don't think that at that the new head coach or the new GM would want that.
1: Yeah, well we're gonna find out. But I think the next question in the conversation, Ross, is what happened? Like this guy just signed a contract extension. We're talking about Goff. That's 18 months ago. This was six months ago. Guy is second highest paid player in the sport. He's 25. He's a great player. He's a great person. He's a great leader. He checks every box. You know, we talk about competing against Tom Brady for 10 years, but this gives you a chance to do that. And he also creates an aura of association. And what I mean by that is Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden you see Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, they all want to be there. And if you have Deshaun Watson, your place becomes a destination. People want to be around him, so I, I think you do everything you can to get him, keep him, and whoever gets him is going to be really fortunate.
0: Uh, you know what, Mike? I have explained that when it comes to Brady, a number of times. I've never heard of the, I've never heard it phrased aura of association. I love that. I'm stealing that. I'm not giving you credit for it. I'm going to use that all the time now. I, Because I said, here's what I said, Mike. And I was only in New England in 05, and then 06, they traded me to Cleveland, right? But in 05, I saw when Brady's your quarterback, first of all, you are personally, you feel guilty towards him if you mess up mentally. If you mess up mentally or don't give max effort, Forget Belichick. You you feel like you did Brady wrong, which is the greatest thing you can ever have. And by the way, nobody's ever said a bad word about the guy. Never. You know, like the story comes out with Aaron Rodgers and Jermichael Finley and, and Greg Jennings don't like him or whatever. I've never heard a person say a bad word about the guy. You feel a sense of personal responsibility that you let down Brady. Number one. Number two, during the game, no matter what the score is, you know you're still going to win. Like, I know that. So when we had Bledsoe in Buffalo, Mike, we thought we were still going to win. When I was on some other teams, I won't name those quarterbacks. You look over and you're like, "Man, I hope this guy can do it." When you have a guy like Bledsoe, it's like, "I think we're going to win." When you have Brady, like, you know you're still going to win. And and by the way, we didn't. We lost to Denver in the playoffs. You know, whatever. But in your mind you still know you're going to win. You just can't replicate that. No, there's
1: there's a great intangible, and it really becomes a force multiplier. Like, when he's there, he just makes everybody better. And there's nothing like – you make a really good point, which is it's subtle but important. There's nothing like Ross, player-led. to have Newt Rockney or Bill Belichick or Bill Bells give these unbelievable speeches, but when it's peer-to-peer accountability – that's really special. And um, I think that's what you had for, you know, New England obviously had for decades up in, uh, you know, with, with Tom Brady. And I think what you have in Tampa Bay now is a really good foundation. And, and Jason Light deserves a lot of credit because I think what gets lost in the story, Ross, is this. Tom Brady perceived Tampa Bay as a place he could win. And it probably started with Godwin and Edward won from there, but that's a good defense. And, I think what Tom does is exactly what you
0: said. It gives them credibility and a belief that they can win. Um, The last thing on Watson, I really feel like if he gets traded, Mike, it's a good chance it's the Jets or the Dolphins because I feel like if you're the Texans, you have to have something to sell to the fan base and something to start with. And having the number two or number three pick and taking Zach Wilson or whatever, or perhaps if they really like Tua, Maybe maybe they get two in the trade. I don't know, but I feel like you need to have you need to get a high enough pick that you can say to your fans, "We're starting. We got this guy. We love him. It's a new era." And then you obviously you'll get more than that. I feel like the team that don't have those top five picks are in a much tougher spot to get them. Agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, I'll take it a step further. I agree, Ross. Which is, here's what gives you uh, less share and more weight as a GM or an extreme ulcer in this case. The worst case for the – let's just talk about Jets in Miami for a second. The worst case scenario for the Jets is not getting Deshaun Watson. The worst case scenario is for him to go to Miami. Because think about this. you know, We just talked about the Tom Brady effect for 20 years. What happens if you're Joe Douglas of the Jets and you try to get Deshaun Watson and he winds up going to Miami? Now all of a sudden, four games a year, you're playing Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. You're not gonna win the division for another decade. So I think this is a unexpected opportunity, and I do whatever it takes to get them.
0: Wow. That's a great point. Great point. And they're really they're competing with each other. You know, like the, the Jets and the, the Texans will be able to leverage those teams against each other. Give me one thought on the Super Bowl, Mike. Who you think is gonna win, or one thought, whatever. I think it's if they play 10 times, I think Kansas City wins six or seven.
1: I think the equalizing factor, Ross, going back to your old position on the O line, Eric Fisher's injury is not insignificant. I think Kansas City wins very close, maybe 27, 24. But boy, that will be That That is a great example of Mahomes' greatness from a standpoint of you're out there with five backup offensive line against a great Buccaneer pass rush, and that may very well be the equalizer in this game.
0: All right, check him out at Real Tannenbaum on Twitter and tell him, Mike, about the 33rd the team. So
1: it's a, a consortium. It's really a think tank of former head coaches, former GMs. We have guys like Wade Phillips and Eric Mangini and Joe Banner, Ray Farmer, a um, whole bunch of really smart grad students. And we just follow the news of the week. We put out a newsletter. We have a site called the 33 com, and we just want to put out interesting differentiated thoughts and ideas about what's going on around pro football and and hopefully help the students get to where they want to go as well.
0: Mike really appreciate the time I always take notes for the social media clips for later for YouTube I got one two three four five my intern's not going to be happy when I send her all these clips I wanted to cut from the great points that you made thank you Mike. I appreciate it thanks Ross. There he is, Mike Tannenbaum. That was fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? Getting someone in your life 100 flowers. That is the gift that's going to wow. Roses. Look, they want roses. Even if you try to figure out something else that you want to get them as well, they still want the flowers. They still want the roses. And they feel lost and like something's missing if they don't have it. Right now, 100 Flowers has an amazing offer for you guys. Get the 18-stem enchanted rose medley. Mmm, that sounds delicious. For $39.99, or double it to the 36-stem enchanted roses for $20 more. I'd rather have a rose medley than a vegetable medley. I'm just telling you that right now. To order the 18-stem enchanted rose medley for $39.99, or double the roses for $20 more, Go to 100flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter code football. That's 100flowers.com, code football. Hurry, the offer expires tomorrow.
2: Tux huh? Takes. Morning, Ross. Well, let's start today with Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. He says that Aaron Rodgers will absolutely will be with the Packers for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, what does that even mean? You know, we'll talk to Andrew Brandt about this tomorrow. But Andrew Brandt thinks next year is the last year for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And I tend to agree with him. But what are you going to say if you're LaFleur right now? You're going to say it's for a long time. But a long time probably isn't going to end up being that long because they drafted Jordan Love for a reason. I mean, unless they trade Jordan Love, I won't believe what LaFleur just said. Tux
2: takes. Former Patriots wide receiver Danny Amendola says that Tom Brady is the Patriot way, and, well, that's why the Bucks are in the Super Bowl and the Patriots aren't.
0: You know what I say to that, Bri? He's absolutely right. Shrug emoji. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I try, I've tried to tell you guys over the years. I've, I've tried to tell you. I mean, look, you cannot argue that Belichick is one of the best all-time coaches. You can't argue against that. And arguably the best. He's a fantastic coach. But for the reasons why Danny Amendola just talked about and why Mike Tannenbaum and I just talked about, it it's never going to be more important than the guy that's actually out there. It's just not. And we have enough of a sample size now. I mean, Belichick has one playoff win in eight seasons with a quarterback other than Tom Brady. You know what Tom Brady has in his one season without Bill Belichick? The Super Bowl. He's in the freaking Super Bowl. And by the way, you want to connect some dots? Danny Amendola played with Stafford the last couple of years. Hmm. I wonder why Stafford didn't want to go to New England.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Tuck Sticking with the Patriots, former Patriots linebacker Teddy Bruschi joins the Arizona coaching staff at his alma mater. Uh, and then uh, the Jaguars hired Brian Schottenheimer as pass game coordinator.
0: Kind of hilarious that the last two offensive coordinators that Pete Carroll fired, Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer, represent the brain trust in Jacksonville. I actually hope they're successful because it's like everybody in Seattle always just wanted to blame Bevel and Schottenheimer. I hope those guys kill it down there. And then maybe they'll have to find somebody else to blame, or maybe Pete Carroll wants him to run too much, or whatever the case might be. Right? As for Bruschi, I guess he's still working for ESPN, Bri. So that's kind of a weird deal. I don't know what he's really doing for Arizona or how often he'll even be out there. I think they probably just wanted the buzz, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know that he's moving out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's moving out there with his family and just doing ESPN from time to time. I'd, I'd be curious to get more details there.
2: Tux takes. Last bit of news today Chiefs put uh, Daniel Kilgore and Demarcus Robinson on c- the COVID list with close contacts.
0: Right. And it's because they both got their haircut from the same barber who tested positive. Although the barber evidently had had like five days of negative tests in a row. And then that day they gave him one last rapid test and it was positive. And Kilgore was the first guy to get the haircut and Demarcus Robinson had gotten it away from the facility the day before. Yikes, man. What if, uh, what if the first guy to get the haircut was Mahomes? I feel like for the rest of the year. Like, like the, anybody, the first person to go to the cafeteria staff, the first person to eat food. It's like, it's like gladiator here. You try, don't, don't let Mahomes eat that. You eat this first. You try this first, uh, but it's just a close contact. So I do think those guys should be able to play in the game. They just won't be able to practice. At all. Speaking of practice, look, you don't want to have to practice dealing with an intruder or someone like that at your house. You just don't. Get Simply Safe Home Security. They deliver award winning 24 7 protection, break in, fire, flooding, medical emergency. You don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the business. I've been very open. And very personal about why I believe this to be so important. Most people don't get a home security system until after they have an issue. We didn't, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, we didn't have a security system. And then after it got, our house got broken into, while we were upstairs sleeping, we got one immediately. I was in seventh or eighth grade. My sister was in high school. Just, you'll feel so much better. You don't if you don't have one, you don't even know how much better you'll feel. Right now, my listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash Tucker. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial. So there's nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com slash Tucker for your free security camera today. That's simply slash Tucker. Bri, there are some shout outs in order, man. Tannenbaum was good. I'm still kind of basking in the glow. I mean, he made some really good points. If you're the Dolphins or the Jets, you can't afford to let the other one get to Sean Watson and it not be you. I mean, they're gonna the Texans are going to be able to get a king's ransom from one of those teams. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, and our latest, dinerdepot.com you got a restaurant or diner check it out Uh, they're all i think we're done here members of patreon.com rt media even money podcast later today college draft podcast was yesterday with emory it was awesome other than that i think we're done here thanks for listening to the ross tucker football podcast